Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah, Christmas season. <laughs> Stay joyful. But we tried to be considerate of just families and culture and all that, so we're going to be having our Christmas service. It will be at 5 p.m. And so please just make a note there. And we hope to have a full house after you've exchanged gifts from Christmas Eve through Christmas noon, lunch, breakfast, brunch, and all that. So just make a little note there. A few have asked me, and so we're, again, we're trying to be considerate of everybody involved so you can get here. And it's going to be a great Christmas day because we're going to finish it off in the house of the Lord. And that's the whole reason there's a Christmas. Come on, somebody. huh? Amen. Philippians, Paul writes in chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything be prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's wrapping up and he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We start with the word rejoice. It's only verse four here. Let me show you. It's only a few words, but it's almost if you are ADHD and you forget what he just said four or five words later. And again, I say rejoice. I want to preach to you this morning. We're going to go into a series that we're going to call Ugly Christmas Sweater. Lord Jesus, I come humbly and pure before the throne of God today behind this sacred desk. I ask God that the heavens would speak through me. The distractions of the mind would be held at bay. Evil spirits and darkness would not proceed into the word of God, but we would sit and stand attentive, quietly in the holy of holies as you speak into our spirits. As you prepare us for an amazing holiday Christmas season, we honor you. For you are the reason we are here and you're the reason we celebrate. I pray that you'd anoint me. We ask your blessings upon us in Jesus' name. If you receive it, would you shout amen? Amen. amen. Again, thank you for standing this morning. You may be seated. The war of life is fought often in the battlefield of the mind. The things we do are the first things that we think of. I think that probably a lot of people are wired negatively. But God wants to wire us with thoughts of joy. 
when we allow God to work within us, and when we choose to focus on good things, Christmas becomes merry and bright. Your ugly thoughts are where your ugly words come from and your ugly motives, your ugly actions that are generated. But today, we begin a brand new series that we're calling Ugly Christmas Sweater. Maybe you've had a tradition like many people at festive parties, at work, maybe at home, and you're choosing the ugliest sweater, the most obvious and obnoxious and gaudy that you can find to wear. For example, look at Tim Garcia this morning. He is helping me preach my message. Would you mind standing so they can get a good view of... Now, to be fair... It's the Christmas season. Come on, be nice to everybody, Pastor. <laughs> on our Christmas service, that's the official. If you get a sweater, wear it that Sunday, and then we'll make fun of you and heckle you from the pulpit so Brother Tim doesn't feel <laughs> left out. But we're talking about some ugly things that people bring into their life, into the holidays. People wear ugly sweaters to parties just to be fun. And, but Christmas is the time to bring joy and happiness based upon the birth of our Savior. But I think too often it, it gets lost in the ugly thoughts, gets lost in the ugly words, the ugly motives, the ugly actions that come from us. And I'm talking this morning this series is about your ugly thoughts. You see, Christmas is about purity. The Christmas season is about kindness and really celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ and to think on good things, as Paul wrote, what are true and honorable, noble, kind, I wonder why Paul was writing to the church in Philippi, to the Christians living in the city and reminding them, hey, be nice. Don't be ugly. Be kind. Don't be obnoxious. Don't hurt people's feelings. Somewhere in the context of these Christians living in Philippi, I think Paul was addressing something because there was a problem there right. or something to be aware of. If you're not careful, you could end up like this. And in this first week of our series, I want to focus on our thoughts because our words and actions originate internally before we express them externally. And what I'm thinking here in this sermon series is that if we could catch them from within, then we have a good chance along with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, to rewire our thoughts and help us live lives that are joyful and a blessing. I understand a lot of us are grown adults and to rewire yourself can be very difficult. The adage is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I would say save the Holy Ghost. So although I'm looking out here, I'm not picturing a bunch of dogs, to be fair. I'm picturing people that get caught up in the moment. 
I'm picturing born-again believers that have the Spirit of God inside of them, and sometimes our thoughts become ungodly. And if we don't catch it down there, because it will eventually surface. And often, whatever is on the inside will come tumbling out. If I was walking across the stage here with a cup that was not clear, and I fell and I tripped, you would only know what was in the cup because it spilt out. But as long as I kept it upright, you wouldn't know what was in there. If anything, it could have just been air. But I wonder how many of us live our life that we are a born-again Christian, and the cup at times has been filled with the Spirit of God, but we get into a rhythm of life, or we get with people, or we get into an atmosphere, and then we're going into the Christmas season, and if we're not careful, we can just become just like other people. That's why we're doing a series on the ugliness of life. Are my thoughts one of the most difficult parts of Christmas each year is when you pull out the old Christmas stuff and all the lights, prepare to plug them in and put them all together. Our home in the last couple of weeks was no different. I bought a new tree, a little red six-foot tree. I thought, oh, I want a little cute tree. My wife said last year, this next year we're going to decorate the bedroom. Good, I don't have to get out of bed on Christmas morning. Just <laughs> roll over and grab my gift and pull the covers back up over my head. So we, we, we buy a little Christmas tree on Amazon. Get it? It's a little more of a Charlie Brown tree than the pictures betrayed, but nevertheless, <laughs> oh, this isn't what I thought was coming in the mail. Got it all put together, got it all wired up, plugged them all together, came in three sections, plugged it in, and the bottom half don't light up. Now, to be fair to me, I don't have a whole lot of patience plugging stuff in and hanging stuff. I got to really pray and say, Lord, help me not to be grumpy putting all this stuff up that's supposed to make you happy. Once it's up, I'm good. But I'm like the only ranch hand at the house that can put stuff up and together. So I sat there and saw the bottom third of the Christmas tree not lit up. The middle section and the top sections lit up. And I thought somewhere on the bottom section is probably a light that doesn't work. Now, to be fair to me, the whole tree had 550 lights. <laughs> mm, divided by three, it's the bottom third. So what? I got to look through 183 lights or whatever it is? Nope. That puppy went right back in the box. <laughs> I did a screen grab on my phone, and I took it to the UPS store, and I thought to myself, not today, Satan. <laughs> And I ordered me another one. It came two days later. But the smart person that I am, I plug that puppy in first before I put it together. This whole box better light up. Bless God. Hallelujah. And to my surprise, Brother Dorval, it lit up. All right. So I put that together. But it never fails that some of our negativism could short-circuit the really nice people that we are. Again, I'm drilling down today on thoughts on purpose, about the Christmas season, about getting your spirit and your heart in a position that you can have a great time over the next, whatever, 35 days, and enjoy what it's all about. The thing about Christmas, and I get it with some people why they don't, maybe they're 
they don't celebrate, they don't get into it. I understand the commercialization of Christmas and we lose sight of what it's all about in Luke chapter two. There came and they were biding in their field by night and there came da, 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 and Jesus was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. They light him and etc. I, I I understand the purpose, but if we're not careful, the outside negative world can become a part of our thoughts when God filled us with it. Oh, come on somebody. God filled us with his spirit and he changed who we are. And so if we can get back to who we are, God living on the inside, making the outside better, but it all starts on the inside with my ugly thoughts. Someone say that's good preaching. And so the formula or the process that defaults to the Christmas season can be ugly thoughts. You see, the scripture often speaks about thoughts about our lives. And Paul writes in Philippi here, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, someone shout the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, Paul is trying to help save folks. This is written after the book of Acts. This is written after the day of Pentecost. This is written after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's Christians abiding there in Philippi. And he's trying to help them understand that you've got to gather a hold of your thoughts. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Be careful, saints of the living God, that our mind doesn't become like the marketplace and our mind doesn't become like Egypt and heathens because we have been saved. We have been blood-bought. We know the purpose of the season. And if you can keep the season balanced, I say enjoy it. But if you can't, you better get back to the original purpose of the scripture. Hey, why do we celebrate? Why are we here? Why was there a birth? What was the point of that? What happened in the Old Testament that brought a virgin birth possible in the New Testament is because God is trying to redeem, I'll say reclaim, repurpose humanity. And Paul gives them the command, rejoice. You see, Paul was familiar with the reasons of his listeners. They had turned to grumbling and complaining, frustrated and dismayed. But the truth we often have is the same kind of feelings. These feelings affect our thinking. They make us anxious. They make us jaded. They make us question God, and they make us at times maybe want to even give up. This all begins in our minds. However, Paul offers a method to rewire our minds. It's simply one word. He says, rejoice. He says it twice in a little bitty verse of a few words. And again, I say rejoice. How different might your life be if you began the season this time rejoicing rather than focusing on all the reasons you could be frustrated or angry. 
This is one little tip from the Apostle Paul to rejoice can be like that single little light bulb that causes everything not to work properly. But when you plug in to Jesus Christ and you plug in joy and you plug in rejoicing, this passage can give a clear direction of where they're thinking and the mindset should go. Hey, I say rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, he uses some words that are not always used in our 21st century vernacular. But Paul says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, right, pure, loving, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, He's giving you a running start. He's letting you get some traction in case someone among us should say, well, what should I think on? And Paul's saying, I knew that was coming. How about you think on something that's true? How about you think on something that's noble? How about you think on something that's right or pure? Consider something admirable. Consider something excellent or even praiseworthy. And of all of the things during Christmas, what is most true, what is most noble, what is most right, what is most pure, lovely, and admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy is the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the Savior that came to reconcile or redeem the world from their sins. It was a master plan in heaven that it would be a virgin birth. And he would redeem his people from their sins. You have to understand this. If there was no Christmas, there would be no Easter. And if there was no Easter, there would be no Holy Spirit of an outpouring. And if there was no outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there would be no day of Pentecost. And if there was, if there was no day of Pentecost, there would be no Pentecostal church. But thank God, 2,000 years later, there was something that started back with a virgin birth. And we call it the baby Jesus. And he came to take away the sins of the world. Someone say yes. And so I would conclude as a pastor, probably most of us here have experienced baptism in Jesus' name, where you go down in a watery grave and your sins are washed away. And in Acts, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. He redeems you. He buys you back from sin. He gives you the power in Acts 1-8 to overcome he says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to withstand ugly thoughts. Power to withstand ugly motives. The power to withstand ugly words and ugly actions in which we'll be covering. But the most important thing is when Jesus is living on the inside, this ugliness of the world, this darkness of evil cannot coexist with the spirit of God living inside of me. So I have to conclude just simple math here. If I am having ugly thoughts and I'm having ugly words and ugly actions and ugly motives, then somewhere in my life, I need to revisit where is God? How much of God is in me? Maybe I need to find a little corner and get back to the basics of what life is all about. It's God living on the inside. A church getting ready without spot and wrinkle or blemish for his return. But in the meantime, we're going to exist in a world that is not our home. We're going to live holy. 
We're going to live honorable. We're going to walk in alignment with the blessings and the favor of God. And the beautiful thing about church is it helps align us every Sunday to walk in harmony with God, that I don't violate my relationship with God because I am in alignment with God's spoken word. I'm walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. As Paul said in Romans 8, but when you walk in the flesh, so goes the flesh. So goes the thoughts. So goes the words. So goes the actions and so goes the motives. And those four dynamics that we're talking about is something that is completely different with what God brings into your life. So ask yourself this morning, do I battle with ugly thoughts? Do I think on things naturally that are true and pure? I think my experience as long as I've lived and worked with people, often we default to the negative, do we not? We default to assumptions. We get further down the road to write the script. And at times, the script never really plays out that way. And so we've brought unnecessary stress into our lives. At the outset of this holiday season, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to rather than battle with ugly thoughts and assumptions, I want you to start off by saying, God, help me think on things that are true. Help me think on things that are pure. Help me think on things that are right. Help me think on things that are honorable. Let me give people the doubt rather than assuming they are out for evil. Is there anything in our lives that are praiseworthy? I say yes. Absolutely. But it's amazing how one little turn of events, one conversation, one little situation can take all the praiseworthiness in our life and turn it to something ugly. Again, in our four-part series, we're starting with ugly thoughts because that's the internal part of us. You see, nobody can manage and see what you're thinking. You could be battling with stuff right now, but nobody would know that save the Holy Spirit. And I know most people, none of us want to battle with ugly thoughts. None of us want to have to play that out in our head. And and God's here speaking through this message this morning that, hey, he wants to touch you at the outset of this series. It's only November 27th today. We're not even in December, but December is coming this week. But we started today on purpose is to get us thinking about good thoughts. It's to get us to begin to rewire ourselves and to reprogram ourselves. Hey, this holiday season is going to be a good season. This Christmas time is I'm going to think on things that are pure. And anybody that's around me, I'm going to touch them with pure thoughts and actions. And they're going to see an example about this holiday season. I'm not going to get ready on Christmas Eve. I'm not going to get ready on December the 16th. No, I'm getting ready right now, long before Christmas shows up. Why? Because I want to show the goodness of Jesus Christ. Because he's living on the inside. And if he's living on the inside, he eventually will affect the outside. And so it's what 
In the Bible days, they would call the good news. Or one writer said, good tidings. We can also understand this as the gospel. You see, the good news is to focus our minds and thoughts is that a Savior has come to rescue the world from the destructive forces of evil and sin. The good news is there's another way to live. There's the good news is there's another way to enjoy Christmas. The good news is there's another way to enjoy your family in the holiday season. I know statistics. I see them. I read them. And in the holidays, there's a lot of mixed feelings and emotions from excitement to depression to suicide to anger to tattered relationships and estranged people. And if we're not careful, we can get desensitized by all the bombarding of work and the news and people. But can I just remind the church of the living God this morning? That's not us. God dwells inside of us. God dwells in my mind and in my spirit. I'm not embracing the things of the world. I'm not embracing the things of the marketplace. Why? Because I live in a different world because God has earmarked us with his Holy Spirit. That's not to say that anybody and everybody is exempt from ugly thoughts. But this is what I know. If we don't manage something, it doesn't fix itself. How many parents among us are always getting onto your kids, you guys and ladies, clean your room? Because it doesn't clean itself. The dishes don't wash themselves. The clothes don't jump into the dishwasher or washing machine themselves. When you leave, the dishes aren't like Toy Story. Oh, we better go get in the dishwasher before they come back. Whoops, who's going to get the soap? I'll push the power button. No, no, no. I don't think the dishes talk. I don't think the dirty socks and pants talk. The point is to get some stuff done, it takes human intervention. And so is it in your life to please God. It takes some human intervention, which is you. You step into your own world and you take control and you commandeer those ugly thoughts and say, no, I'm thinking on things that are pure. I've been blood bought. I've been earmarked by the name of Jesus. And those thoughts and those actions, those words and those motives are not a part of my life. I rebuke the darkness. No, you're not coming in. I am a child. You got to manage yourself. How many, how many times have you been around someone and they're negative? And if you're not careful, you can lean into that negative vibe and you become negative by making negative comments on top of what they're already making. It's like negativism feeds negativism. And you walk away, maybe you feel dirty, you feel ugly. And you just got kind of sucked into the current of some negative person with an ax to grind with a chip on their shoulder. Well, if that works that way, does the other side of the coin work that way too? That I can bring a sense of a positive, wholesome spirit 
to my world and my situation. Again, I'm letting people in my world, and my world is controlled by me, which is controlled by the Spirit of God because I'm a child of the King. So my bubble, my Google Hangout, am I preaching over your guys' head? No? My world is monitored and managed by Tom Durant's. So if I'm thinking ugly thoughts and doing ugly things in my head, shame on Tom Durant's. I got to do something to correct that action. I got to do something to let the pendulum swing back the other way to become more natural. And the more I do that, society has proven this, the more it becomes a part of what you're doing, a lifestyle. Because you're trying to correct bad behavior. You're trying to correct the carnal man, which is without Jesus. You're trying to correct the flesh. But it takes some energy. And it takes you and I, my friend, this holiday season to manage my ugly thoughts. They don't manage themselves. They get worse. Anything left to itself deteriorates. So if I'm not here on a Sunday, if I'm not in my community group, if I'm not leaning into the word, if I'm not leaning into my playlist, if I'm not leaning into these things, then the natural man of me digresses along the way. Little baby steps are where I don't even notice it. And I wake up someday and realize, you know what? I become an ugly person. My spirit is ugly. It reeks. My motives are carnal. My thoughts are diabolical. What You didn't just wake up one morning. It was a slippery slope along the way, my friend, that you didn't manage. Well, I'm telling you, hey, why don't we start to manage ourselves? Why don't we help the Spirit of God? We can't blame it all on God. We got to step in and become a better person, become a nicer person with pure thoughts. and. Hey, that's called good tidings. So, yes, I got to partner with myself. Have you ever met anybody that doesn't even try to partner with themselves? Woo, I'll pass. No self-awareness. Oblivious. The funny thing about people like that, everybody else knows but them. I've met a few people like that. I said, babe, should I tell them? She goes, no. But they don't know. I need to help them. You're going to make it work. Okay. But they can't live like that their whole life. That's not fun. Let them be. My point is we got to partner and become the people that God expects us to become. Especially, I'm in the Christmas season. Let me just focus here for a minute. This is the first week after Thanksgiving. Now's the time to start to gather your thoughts. And I believe that we've got a mixed bag of thoughts. Some are ugly and some are pure. Some are ugly and some are honorable. But what I'm challenging you to do this holiday season is to get into that toy box in your head and take out all the bad toys and rearrange and reorganize and strategize for an amazing Christmas season. Let me ask you a question. Just answer to yourself, okay? 
How many of you are naturally grumpy? Okay. No, this isn't a comedy show. This is, this is a real question. You're naturally like, why do you have to be so mad every day? Come on, it's a good day for a good day. And if you lean into grumpiness, then I'm here to say, hey, can you change this holiday season? For your family's sake? For your co-worker's sake? For your church member's sake? For your pastor's sake? There's people around you that are much closer to you 24-7 that see that you are having ugly thoughts. Because if you don't manage your ugly thoughts, they become actions and motives and reactions. It eventually surfaces out and it manifests itself in something that somebody could see. If I don't manage the thoughts that are negative and ugly, eventually you know what I'm thinking by my actions or by my words. Your words could be cutting, they'd be condescending, rude. And you could hurt somebody. The best way to fix that is to fix ourselves, And be honest with ourselves, and look in the mirror. And I ask you not to raise your hand, but hey, God, is it possible that I'm one of the grumpy ones? And if you're not sure in your tender moments, ask your spouse. My experience is spouses have no... What's the English word I'm looking for? Filter. No regard. No sugar to coat nothing. No sugar coated. Not, not even stevia, just plain. I mean, I know it's a sugar substitute, but come on, give me a break. If you aren't sure, ask someone close to you. Hey, am I grumpy? How much time you got? Let me just boil it down to a few seconds. Yes. But I think what the Spirit of God is telling us this morning is, hey, just look into the proverbial mirror and say, God, do you see me as this? God, is this my manifestation representing your Holy Spirit? Am I being ugly? And I think we're really smart enough to know that we're going to figure this out. Again, I'm preaching this this morning to start the process to get traction for this holiday season. Ugly Christmas sweater? No, not really. How about we do ugly Christmas Christian? How about we do ugly Christmas husband? How about we do ugly Christmas wife? Oh, how about we do ugly Christmas teenager? Nah. Here's my point, and I'm closing. Listen to me. Here it is. If our greatest need had been information... 
There we go. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. The only thing that matters here, everything above here is irrelevant until you get to here. But our greatest need was forgiveness. God, forgive me for my ugly thoughts. Forgive me for my ugly actions. Forgive me for my ugly motives. Forgive me for my ugly words. God, I pray this holiday season that you forgive the church of True Vine Pentecostal for all of our ugliness. And in order for him to do that, he sent us a savior. Now think about the master plan. How do I get the savior to them? Hmm. Well, I could make a little baby. I could take a spirit. I know a spirit has not flesh and bones, but I could take a spirit and I could put skin on it. Oh, maybe we'll call it flesh. And then I could do something even crazier. I could make a virgin lady pregnant just by speaking it. Come on, somebody. If you were up there, say, come on, God. You got to do better than that. That'll never fly. Come on. How about this one, God? And we'd offer our little homemade ideas. Here, here's the challenge, okay? I got to get the Savior to the people to save them. I don't need information. I don't need technology. I don't need money. I don't need pleasure. I need to be saved. I need not to be ugly. I, I, so in Luke chapter 2, brings a little baby And the process begins. Why a baby? Why a birth? Why a Calvary? Why an upper room? Why an outpouring? Because the ugliness is a pandemic of humanity. And if I can get the Savior to the people, then the people with the Savior can manage the change that needs to be. You see, without ourselves, we can't change. We only change through the Spirit of God that lives and dwells in us.
It's the power that no human has. It's the Savior. It's the greatest gift. In fact, the writer says in the book of Acts, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing Christmas gift. Maybe you've not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and maybe that's your Christmas gift from God today. But probably most of us sitting here this morning have earlier in life at some point received a gift of the Holy Spirit. But some of our gifts, hear me now, along the way have deteriorated. The gift is old. As time goes on, the gift becomes a little unworkable. As time elapses, the hinges don't work as much. The knob is broken off. And God's simply stepping into our church to say, hey, let's start fresh. I sent a savior. I sent him in my spirit. And now I'm not robing that spirit in a baby flesh. I put my spirit in your flesh. Full grown adults. Now have the ability to have that spirit in our flesh. What is it? It's a savior. But I've pastored long enough to realize that the longer we live with this, if we don't manage it, the more it becomes decrepit and old and brittle. And it's not pliable anymore because it's just another item in our life that we've neglected to manage. We've neglected to care for. We're stewarding it. But folks, I'm here to tell you. Now's the time to refocus and reset, recalibrate and reboot. Reboot what, Pastor? The Spirit of God that was once vibrant inside of me, that put the smile on my face, the spring in my step, the excitement in my marriage and home. That's what it's all about. Although I can't fix every one of you. Brother Hugo, I just got to manage this guy and preach and inspire. But my challenge to you this week, you can stand, I'm closing right now, listen to me. My challenge to you this week is to begin to manage the spirit of God that's in you and partner with him. And get rid of the ugly thoughts. Get rid of the ugliness that is not God. I think all of us would agree. I think we would all sign off on this. If, if we would all reset to our original version of when we received the Holy Ghost, that the rest of our family would say, you know what? 
I'm good. I don't need gifts. I'm glad you're reset. You're my Christmas gift. The old dad I used to have. The old mom back in the day. Before all of my mishaps and issues. I think that would be an amazing gift to our family. Let me leave it with you. You ponder on it. You think about it. You act upon it. I'm going to ask God to help you. Make us better people in this holiday season. Heavenly Father, I thank you this evening, this morning, for all that you have said, with words and without words. In the Spirit, God, there are no words, but you've talked to hearts. You've resonated with people. You've touched minds. And over the next five weeks, God, I pray that this church would rid ourselves of ugly thoughts. We would do away with ugly motives, ugly actions, and ugly words, and that we would be the bride of Christ that you are proud of, pure, holy, loving, considerate, benevolent, kind, generous, a bride, God, that you would look down in the Temecula Valley and say, I love my bride. My spirit is active and working inside of my bride. And the ugliness is gone. It's replaced by the joy of the Lord that is strength. God, I pray that you would descend upon us this week. I pray that you would give some of us dreams, God. That you would speak to us, God, like you only do. Maybe it's a sign, it's a song. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a text. It's a note. It's a sticky, God. Talk to us this week, I pray, God. Let us see what you see. Let us hear what you hear. And I pray, God, that you are pleased with this church, your people, this Christmas season. We search ourselves, God. We purge ourselves. We lift up holy hands and pure hearts. And I pray that God will intervene and touch the homes, the spirits, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My friend, I open the altars to you if you want a fresh anointing. You want to begin the process today? Say, hey, I'm not waiting no week. God, I'm starting today. I'm committing to you that I'm not going to be ugly. I'm committing to you, God. You talk to my spirit. I'm coming. And I'm going to lift up holy hands. Nothing negative, God. No negative posts. No negative comments. No negative thoughts. Rewire me, God. Let this mind be in me, which is in Christ Jesus, saith the Spirit. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.